Welcome in. This is the first ever post-Kentucky game show that we are doing on the Beers and Buckets podcast channel feed. I don't know what you call it, but if you follow our podcast, you know that we talk a lot about college basketball and we really try and keep it as general as possible. But sometimes the Kentucky fandom just leaks out. We can't help it. So we decided to alleviate some of that. We're going to give us uh, give you all some post-game shows here for our Big Blue Nation listeners. So this is Bourbon Basketball Nation, and it's all Kentucky, so we don't have to worry about being uh, biased to our team because they are our team now. So if we have any Red Raiders listening to this podcast, you're not going to hear much about them, probably won't hear anything about them because we're talking about Kentucky and Texas A&M tonight, and what a game that was. Dow, that was disgusting. I I feel like I need to take a shower right now. What do you feel? Yeah, that was gross. I don't feel good about that game. Like, Kentucky came away with the win, but we definitely did not deserve to win that game. It's not like Texas A&M deserved to win either. If we could have ended in a tie, and I hate that, but if we could have ended in a tie, I would have rather just (laughs) taken that. (laughs) Yeah, this is – although I feel like it's kind of a little bit of karma for – I mean, LSU was the first one that came to mind, but just in general, the – like we've had a couple losses where it's just like, really, like – that's we how we that lost. One. Yeah. That's just dumb. So this is kind of one oh, a win for the good guys, even if it was incredibly ugly. Yeah. I mean, all things considered, super happy to get the win there. I mean, oh, absolutely. You, you gotta be happy to to go on a road like that. And this was really a trap game. I know we we talk about on this podcast how we don't really believe in trap games in college basketball, but if there was ever gonna be a trap game for Kentucky this season. You'd have to think it come between a huge win against Tennessee, and um, who was ranked at the time, and then a you know the top five, the number four Auburn on Saturday on a weird night. You know, like it seems like every time Kentucky gets one of these weird night games on a Wednesday night at a weird time, like eight thirty yeah, p.m. Eight thirty tip off is dumb. It is dumb, and so like it had the makings of an upset from day one, like. As soon as we saw this on the schedule, as soon as the time was announced, hats off to Texas A&M for a great game because it, it could have gone just been ugly, and it was ugly, but it could have been ugly where they just like waved the white flag and gave up. I was very interested to see how this game would play out. I wasn't in love with the final result of, of the game as a whole, but you got to love seeing that W column. Yeah, I mean, it's A&M's first loss in conference. This team has struggled granted it has been only a couple games and some of those games have some asterisks around them but like getting a road win in conference against a super physical team on a night where you essentially couldn't do anything well uh is always a is always a solid win absolutely so offensive toast and roast and we have defensive toast and roast so basically toast and roast is one good thing that we can toast to our team and one bad thing that we can roast about our team so on the offensive end what do you what are you toasting tonight um so first i'd like to toast this nice pour of blantons that i have uh this is bourbon basketball nation so i felt like that i had to do a bourbon at least for the inaugural one and i have had this bottle of blantons for probably two years and I've never had a, <laughs> I always like forget that I have it on occasions that it would probably make sense to bust out. Um, but I remember this time. So celebrating the inaugural episode uh, with a little, with little Blanton's the letter on the like little horse is a T. I don't know how rare that is. 
But on the basketball side, um, my positive is like kind of a backhanded compliment, but it's winning with essentially nothing working. Yeah. Everything that this team has been good at went wrong. We turned the ball over a ton. Severe Wheeler is like in conference play had a, a like 45% assist percentage and a 15% turnover percentage. Like, yeah, he was essentially a three to one ratio there. He turned the ball. This is the first time like in his Kentucky career that he's had more turnovers than assists. Yeah. We couldn't hit a shot. Like, I mean, Kellen Grady, man, I, I respect him for continuing to shoot because it's what he should do. Yeah. But, Brother, that man couldn't buy a basket tonight. No, um, like, he was definitely a head case tonight, and you could tell just every time he shot. Typically, when I watch Kellen Grady shoot, I'm thinking, "Oh, this ball's going in." Tonight, there wasn't one time where he shot it where I felt comfortable to say, "This ball's going in," and he did end up making one, which is great. But yeah. I mean, come on, like it was it was hard to watch. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't know exactly how to describe it. There's something with like his arm and his release. Where it feels like that his like arm almost like locks like out pushes. before he releases the ball, and he yeah. ends up pushing it instead of shooting it. Which every time he does that, I'm like, all right, well, it's clear you rushed that one. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so like, just we've seen now a couple times where kind of shit has hit the fan, and we've ended up coming out on the wrong end of the the like win loss column. And so for essentially no one to play well tonight. And us to still come away with the like a road win in the SEC is my positive, even though that's not overly positive. Yeah, this game had the feel, even though it was on the road. Do you remember the LSU game and the PJ Washington team uh, with the Kel Johnson Tyler Hero, where it ended on that tip in, um, which was it ended up being a goaltending essentially, but they didn't oh, call yeah. it. Yep, if I had I had a feel of that, and I just felt like the whole time we we're going to get screwed on some call like that. It was such a breath of fresh air for us to not get screwed on some bogus call like that in the end of a game. Like, I feel like that. So, yeah, I mean, like my toast on the offensive end tonight, uh, even though it wasn't really great by by any means, 69.2% was the free throw shooting. We saw LSU, um, one of the reasons that we lost that game, I mean, there was a lot of reasons, but one of them was because yeah. like we couldn't make a free throw to save our lives. And, and I and had the makings of that type of game tonight when Ty Ty went 0 for 2 at the beginning of the game from free throw. But I mean, there at the end, we just needed one from Toppin, and he gave us just one. And that's all I needed to give us. That's a positive. I'm going to toast our free throw shooting tonight because we didn't make a whole lot of them, but. We didn't, we didn't miss a whole lot of them either. It was just kind of middle of the pack, but it was just enough for us to get the win, and I'm okay with that. So toast to free throw shooting. What's yeah, your but, roast for the offensive end? At one point on the free yeah, throw yeah. shooting thing, and I think even more so than the free throw makes, because like 69% is a nice percentage, but nice. it's not like overly good. Yeah. Like that's, uh, that's below our season average. Yep. I think we're shooting like about 74 75%. Uh, from the line, but it's far from the ninety-five point one percent that they shot uh, Saturday at home. Yeah, so. exactly. So like, it wasn't a great shooting performance. Like, just like it was from essentially every other place on the court. Yeah. But uh, looking at Ken Palm right here, we were ninth, and this might have today's games uh, 
like incorporated. So I think that this might be skewed a little bit, but it has us at ninth right now in terms of free throw rate. So getting to the free throw line and yeah. the fact that we got to the free throw line 28 times and on a night that shots weren't falling, that we were able to beat people off the basket or beat people off the bounce, get to the basket and get fouled Yeah, and get to the free throw line, even though we didn't convert at a super high level. Like the fact that we were able to, see that all right this shooting jump shots thing isn't working let's get to the free throw line and get Draw some fouls there Draw fouls. is yeah was was big oh for sure and i think it, it also this is preparation for march we're never going to see an environment like this in the tournament like where there's more um texas a&m fans or opposing fans than kentucky fans it's really rare for that to happen because we know how well big blue nation travels so I think this is just great all around that we, you know, like, like I said, we didn't do great from free throws, but we, we hit the ones that we needed to when they mattered the most. And that's what you need to see. That's what a great, that's what a, a contender we, does. We did, we did come in kind of like pretty clutch at the, at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, that last 10 minutes we were getting to the line. I mean, they were calling fouls left and right for us. Like, because we, we kept on playing physically, kept attacking the basket the only person who didn't get fouls called for them were was Oscar Sheway. And you remember, I mean, same tournament, same Duke team, Zion Williamson team. Do you remember watching UCF and Taco Fall play Duke and how they kind of got screwed in that game? Dude, they should have won that game. They should have. And 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 the only reason that Taco Fall didn't get fouls called because he was bigger, you know, like he was just stronger. And and that's the same thing why Oscar didn't get fouls called on him tonight because he grabbed a rebound out of the air, would get fouled, but because he took it like a man, they decided not to call foul on him. It's, it's just, it's sickening. I just, I, the inconsistency and in the college officiating is just the absolute freaking worst, and I hate it. So, yeah. So I'm gonna roast our offense a little bit. Our off-ball movement was atrocious tonight. Like, and I've been saying this about this team for a little bit. I don't know if it's the four-out one-in offense, but like. I feel like this team doesn't like we, we're surrounded by shooters, but we don't set screens for shooters. We just kind of stand around. There's a couple of times that Sabir would get, you know, the ball to the top of the the key, just kind of sit there dribbling it, waiting for people to move, and people were just not moving. And it was just frustrating. I'm I'm sitting there yelling at my TV, like, move around, like try and get open, shake off your defender. If you're telling Grady, great, like you gotta you gotta run around and get open. I like I played pickup basketball on Tuesday nights and by far not nearly good a shooter as Kellen Grady is obviously. But one thing that makes me a decent shooter is the fact that I move around and like people set screens for me and I could get open looks. Grady gets the ball and he has a defender in his face because he's not trying to shake his defender at all off ball. So I need men to Grady to do that a little bit more. I need Ty Ty to do that a little bit more. Um, and also the off-ball movement, whenever there was a trap tonight, no Kentucky players came to help on the trap at all. And it was oh, the, so the, frustrating. The trapping was awful. I will yeah. say that I think one of the reasons why the off-ball movement isn't as big of a thing is, like, this team is very much built, and it's both a plus and a minus. We saw last year it was very much a minus. But, like, Cal's teams are very much built on dribble penetration. Yeah. And – the like the way that the offense is designed is to get open looks because the the like ball handler gets into the paint and causes the defense to collapse which you can't really do a ton of like movement because then you're like bringing more defenders into the paint like so i can i agree that there needs to be more off ball movement and especially when the offense kind of stagnates like 
Yeah. At that point, move because it's clear we're not doing anything. So yeah, we're just like, running down the shot clock and just right. giving them all more confidence in their defense because that's what it looked. I mean, like their their offense, Texas A&M's offense wasn't great tonight. They just no. like you take away like half of those turnovers and we're blowing this team out. But because I mean, like they're, they're because we had no offense moving, no movement on the offensive end at all, it was just easy for them to trap Xavier Wheeler and get yeah. the ball. And yeah. also, also if they weren't going to call any fouls, it's even easier to get the ball because they were clearly pushing him on like half of those traps where they would they would get the ball loose a little bit, but then they just push him out of the way. And I'm like, I know he's small, but he doesn't deserve to get pushed out of the way like that. Yeah, is it is it very frustrating. It's one of those things where we need to have like a counter punch if the dribble penetration isn't able to get there. We need to have something else that we can go to where it's yeah. not just like hope that someone makes a play. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was clear that we weren't trying to feed Oscar in the post. We weren't trying to feed him in the paint at all. And that's okay. Where does the offense come? Because I have no idea how we won this game besides getting to the stripe. Where does the offense come when our shooters aren't making shots? Because we have to figure that out. That's the next step for this team is figuring out where do they get points when they can't feed the post and when their shooters aren't making shots. Like who, who does that come to? Like, who is the next man up kind of thing. So, and that's a huge question. And that's probably what makes, you know, like this, that's what defines us as a champion or not this season. To be honest, it's Keon and Jacob Toppin in like the mid range. Yeah. And, and Toppin, I mean, like you're exactly right because Toppin went nuclear in LSU at the end, like the end of that first half. Yeah. And, and that's where we got our points from to keep it, I think a seven point game at halftime for that. So, I mean, he didn't do great tonight. He had nine points and, you know, at least one or three of them came from the charity stripe. So, you know, like he wasn't absolutely great, but you know, it wasn't, he was, he was serviceable tonight. So I that's all point, I need. I think on, I think on Ken Palm, he had the, I think he had the highest offensive rating mm. um, of any of the guys on our team, regardless. I mean, yeah, like it's hopefully by the end of the year, it's tie tie just does tie tie things. Like I know in our like Twitter DMs, we were talking, and like that tie tie pull up three that he hit was beautiful. And yeah, hopefully, that's the like the answer to when all else fails, like what do we do? And it's tie tie beats someone off the dribble, or tie tie hits a pull up because his mid range is just so pretty, it, it's, it's so good. But if I mean, if it's not that, I honestly do think it's Keon and Jacob, like, yeah, getting coming off a little like like the horns action where you, they, you pin yep. down and they like roll up to the elbow and work in the mid range there. Like as frustrating as it can be sometimes, like I think that the, as a, just as like a basketball society, we have moved almost like too far into the like mid range shots. All yeah. mid range shots are inefficient, which yeah. isn't true. And I think Keon was, but I ended up two, two for seven. All right. Not helping my point that much, but like, <laughs> Keon, he's had an off think, night, but I think he might have hit his first two though. And like, yeah, Keon like is not a perfect player by any stretch, but like he's pretty reliable when he gets the ball at like 15 feet, like in yeah. that elbow range. Like he's pretty, yeah. he's pretty good, and he's has size there, so he can shoot over most most people. So I honestly think that's kind of the the third option when when our offense breaks down, um, and hopefully that continues to to develop. Um, where were we on toast and roasts? Uh, we just finished offense, so now it's time for defense. 
All right, are we, we going with toasts? Um, yeah, go ahead. Other than this game being incredibly ugly and us giving them a ton of points on turnovers, I think it is worth noting that we still held them to 58 points. Oh, Some of that far, yeah. is, is fluky shooting, which was going to be my positive, but then like part of it just seemed kind of like a cop-out. So I am going to toast uh, Oscar, who had kind of an up-and-down night, but – his three blocks and three steals that he got ties a career high in like that combined stat. Um, so like he's a great rebounder, but he's not exactly an elite rim protector. Um, so to see him altering shots out there, getting steals, like creating those kind of like high impact plays rather than just being the person that finishes it with the rebound uh, yeah. was, was really exciting. I got to go with blocks as like my defensive toast. I mean, we finished with six, which seems pretty rare for this team. I don't think we finished with that many blocks this season. Um, so that, that was pretty encouraging to see and really should have finished with seven. Damian Collins got screwed. They called a foul on what was a clear block. Yeah, like that one was clean. Like it was, it was as clean as can be. So, I mean, I, there might've been a little bit of body contact, but you, you can't call that when it was just, because the guy's shorter like that, like that's just messed up. So should have been seven, but they finished with six and my roast for our defense. I'm going to say like, I even put in my notes with a question mark. I said, our guards can't stay in front of anyone. Hello. Like what's going on here. I don't, I couldn't understand why in a set defense, our guards were just getting cooked. And this is like, kind of like the Duke game where we go to a zone and this team wouldn't have scored like hardly any points. Yeah, I I hate to harp on one dude and act like that it's his fault, but there are some times where Davion Mintz like goes out and is in like good defensive position and then jump. It's like he, 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 he positions his hips and opens them up. Yeah, and he opens up, and then the the, the offensive player is like, "Okay, I'll go that way." Thank yeah, you. and I'm that like, that happens every doing? time. Yeah, I don't get that. It's like it's almost like he's baiting him, and like it's usually on the perimeter, like on the wing. And so, like if he's on the right side of the wing, like he'll open his hips up to the baseline of the court for some reason, and then it's just an easy blow by for every guard, yeah, like every like, time. It's like that he's expecting help there, but the help is like that's not how it's coming on the opposite side. That's not how <laughs> yeah. It defense. yeah, so it ends up being like we're double teaming the other side it's very strange. yeah it makes and no it's, sense it's it's not like it obviously isn't just like a thing that was his fault so i'm no. i don't mean to no i mean like our guards as that, a group but... was was just they just struggled tonight on the, yep. on the defensive end and i think it's a little bit just i don't think that i don't think this team really prepped for texas a&m i think they were kind of looking on to auburn and it was like we talked about it's kind of like a trap game but i think I mean, I think I'm Cal pretty, mentioned about this this defense that Texas A&M would have, but it wasn't anything like in the on-court experience they had tonight. And then offensively, I mean, you take away half of those transition buckets and it's, you know, we didn't actually look too bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I want to pump the brakes a little bit on saying they didn't prep for A&M. I feel like that that, that, I, that could be that could be taken not totally than than you mean it. Yeah, no, like not totally. I just think I – th I don't think in this – when you're looking at this week at the whole Texas A&M was the game that you're like, oh, we absolutely oh, yeah, must yeah. need to win this. You know what yep. I mean? Just um, making sure that 
it came across what I knew you meant. That yeah, you yeah, no. Thank, thank you for clarifying that for me. No, I they prep for A and M. Yes, it wasn't just Auburn's was the biggest, not, the bigger not priority. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, do you have yeah, any no, roast? I mean, my my roast on the defensive side is pretty much the same. Our on ball defense was atrocious. Um, yeah. I don't think it's really any one person's fault. I think this team, and it's clear from LSU, from Duke, from this game, that the kind of kryptonite for this team is like when the other teams have big physical guards that are that like if we're not if we don't match that physicality and energy it's clear that they kind of can can have their way with uh with our backcourt a little bit and that's not to say that our backcourt can't make up for it they didn't really in this game but like if we if this game happens and we still don't play defense like we were but yeah. Kellen Grady just has an average shooting night. Like we win this game by 15 and no one's really complaining about the on-ball defense probably. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but like, I mean, you got to stay in front of people more and we got to be more ready to handle when teams try and bring the physicality to us. Cause it, I think it's pretty clear that at this point, that's got to be your game plan. If you have the ability to do that as the opposing team is that you have to try and just like, body the the guards on Kentucky especially on the offensive side yeah I, yeah I agree okay so moving on we have instead of just grading with like letter grades we wanted to give you something a little bit different we all know the sag, swaggy cow gif gif whatever he's you want walking to call it. in like Vince yeah Vince McMahon yeah everybody knows that so we want to give out some of those grades here so we're gonna start out with coach cow I mean I think this is probably one of the most underrated games that he's coached in a while. I'm going to give him four out of five swaggy cows. I think he, for all, for all intents and purposes, like you can't help when your best shooters are, are over eight in the first half from three, you can't like, but to only be down five when your best shooters are over eight from three, uh, that's pretty amazing in my opinion. And, I think he he coached a heck of a game, made the substitutions, right? Like I didn't see one person complaining about, you know, like three bigs being out there or anything like that. So he appeased fans in that scenario. He, I mean, I think he did a great job as, as far as like making sure like a, he told, he tried to get Vince and Grady to get out of their slump by telling them to shoot more. And you saw that stretch where they'd shot, like they jacked up like maybe four straight shots or whatever. That's not a bad coaching strategy when you need to try to get your, your shooters going. So like any anyone complaining about that can suck it because I mean that's not a bad coaching strategy at all. And if you complain about that, you don't know basketball. So four no, I mean, out of five swag cows for me. Yeah, I, I think four is pretty fair um for him. I think that to our point earlier, like there probably could have been more prep. He took responsibility after the game for like them not really being able or being ready to kind of handle the defense that Texas AM was gonna throw at them. It's not like that Buzz Williams like did anything groundbreaking that yeah. is like super out of the ordinary for a Buzz Williams team. Um, we just don't face them that often. I think that's part of the issue is that we don't play this Texas A&M team that often either. Yeah, but I mean, like, we but knew yeah, what they no. were going to do. Yeah, still. yeah, and it was clear. Probably yeah. should have been able to handle it better. But, like, I will say that like, we completely abandoned the pick and roll 
because we realized that that was how they were getting into their traps is that like yep. we were bringing the ball screen up and Calford like that's that's been kind of this team's bread and butter especially with Ty Ty with the ball like, yeah Ty Ty has a master in the pick and roll but we realized that we just like couldn't do it and Cal wasn't uh, like wasn't afraid to to switch it up, kind of essentially abandon what has been the number one set like play, um, like call for for this team. Um, yeah. So I I think that for all the people that are like, oh, Cal just kind of rolls the ball out, doesn't adjust like that kind of thing. I feel like that he um, he did a pretty good job of kind of getting us in the position where we could pull this one out because. Yeah, obviously the like execution scoring side of it wasn't really working that well. So um, I think also he did. how yeah, many he did times that. have we seen Cal? And we we heard it last year. I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We've seen this kind of and throughout Cal's tenure at Kentucky, where he he sticks with his guys that he knows can get it done, but they might necessarily weren't getting it done at the time. If you know what I mean, and he wasn't. Like he kind of like not that he like was like hard on Wheeler, but he kind of gave him a quick hook there at the like in the second half where there was two quick turnovers that Wheeler had and, he, and Cal's like you're done like I'm taking you out for right now. He put him back in to kind of give Ty Ty a breather, but Ty Ty is the one that closed out this game at the point and and so yeah. I think that that's that's a that's a good sign as a Kentucky fan is that because he didn't do that against Notre Dame he didn't pull Wheeler against Notre Dame and yeah and. I think part of that is it's kind of the luxury of knowing what, like this team has a very clearly defined rotation where, all right, we know that our, like our five, six best players are the starting five in mints. Then it's clear that Toppin is next. Like this team has a very clear hierarchy of like yeah. who you're playing and who you can trust. I think where he's gotten into trouble in the past for like, and this is in air quotes, like trusting his guys too much is when that's like that hierarchy hasn't really been solidified. So it's like, yeah, you, you're like, all right, well, I wish you would pull. I mean, Hagen's is the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. And I don't mean to rag on him specifically, but like, yeah, it would have been nice to be able to pull Hagen's, but it's like, but who do you pull him for really? And who do you like, who do you replace him with? Like the, the roles on this team are very clearly defined, which helps you stick with your guns when you need to, or be able to pull guys off. And like you obviously never want anyone to get hurt, but having Wheeler out for those two games is going to probably end up coming back and being a huge like benefit oh, for yeah. this SEC play because one, it had has Ty Ty's confidence at like I'm All sure a record high, high but yeah. it also showed that Ty Ty could play the point, and so you know that. Hey, if Severe Wheeler, like like he did today, like is turning the ball over and needs a needs some time to like collect himself, that you do have a clear answer to be able to go to that like that that helps a lot. And I mean, part of that goes back to roster construction, but it's also just kind of I don't know, like an organic thing that that happens, kind of. Yeah. I mean, like, of... flashback to 2019-2020 team, Tennessee game at Kentucky, like, in Rupp Arena. Fulkerson goes off. Kentucky melts down, loses to Tennessee. Hagens is, like, crying, yelling at, at Cal, whatever. You know, whatever happened behind the scenes, we don't really know. We know that next game against Florida, 
he like he doesn't travel with the team. They say it's because of an injury. The only thing that was heard about him was his pride. We all knew it. Um, so something happened there. But in that game, we had to see Tyrese Maxey become a point guard, and he had like a two-day notice. You know what I mean? Um, so I hated that it had to come down to that. And like, like we got lucky with the EJ Montgomery tipping. I mean, that team did sure. battle down 18, but um, you know, in that game, but Ty Ty, like he's had the luxury of having two full games to run the point where he had to grow up and he did it against Vanderbilt and Georgia. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, those are good opponents to have to learn how to run the point against. Not no offense to Vanderbilt or Georgia. It's just you aren't a Texas A&M on the road. You aren't a Tennessee at home. You aren't a Auburn on the road. And so that's the benefit of like we never want to see a player get injured. But that Wheeler injury is we're going to look back at that like you said years from now and be like, wow, Wheeler going down for those two games, even though it's like mostly precautionary. Like him going out for those two games was the best thing for this Kentucky team because what happens when Wheeler has a night like tonight and we're in the tournament? You know, like we don't want Tyrese, like you don't want Ty Ty to have to learn how to play point in a halftime you know, break. Exactly. So we, we, we don't, we had that luxury. It's great. So we're going to move on though. Oscar Sheway, I gave him four out of five swaggy cows because he, even though he was kind of pressed um, offensively and they were not calling any fouls on his behalf. He still, like you said, uh, uh, recorded a career high in rebounds and, or not rebounds. I keep on doing that and Block steals field. and blocks, which is amazing for him. I I love that. No matter what's happening, he can impact the game. And I think we're gonna look back on Oscar Shibwe ten years from now and be like, he's the best player that the like, best big man that we've had since Anthony Davis. Like I don't think that's out of the question to say that. Maybe Cat. Maybe Cat. <laughs> I can think of a couple guys that I think I'd put ahead of him. Who? But as I, a big man? Uh Julius Randall was at Kentucky and that dude was yeah, 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 yeah. more offensive game. I don't know. Right. I just think if we win the national championship, who are we gonna compare him to? I mean Anthony yeah, Davis. Yeah. Sure, but yeah, yeah. Like that's the goal though, buddy, is national regardless. championship. <laughs> this True. is the year. Number nine's coming. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Oscar a three and a half, um, three and a half swaggy cows. I think that if I was just judging it, like I think he was great in the first half, and it was clear that Texas A&M was trying to take him out of the game and like, yeah. uh, and really limit his his impact, which they were pretty successful in, especially in the second half. Like he had, I think he only had like. I think he still had 11 rebounds with like six minutes to go. Like he went almost 15 minutes without, um, like without recording a rebound. Uh, yeah. And he did have some, some, some big plays at the end, uh, at the end there, but the, the impact he had was more in the first half. So I think that if he had had it kind of across the board more and had a little bit more of an impact, yeah, uh, I'd be willing to give him a four, uh, but That's I'm fair. three and a half. Man, if, like I'd give him a five if he had just made that one massive dunk that like hit the back Bro, of the bounce that, that dunk. That dunk attempt was filthy. Like, and you know that was out of pure frustration because he was getting hacked left and right, and they weren't calling anything at all for him. And he's just like, "Fine, I'll do it myself." Like Thanos. <laughs> Bro, oh my gosh! If that just if that had just gone in, 
that would have silenced that crowd completely because that was Reno would have exploded if that would have, if that oh had like happened and it had been yeah. at home. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt, it was that was nasty. Um, let's move on. Brooks, I, I give him a three out of five. I think he was just kind of middle of the pack. Didn't do great on either end, but didn't do terrible either. He had that one bad turnover. Is the one thing I could point out that was bad, but. Yeah, I feel like I, I gave Keon a three too. He has, I feel like his game is like is almost always defined in the fans' eyes by either like one or two plays that he makes that are really good, or one or two plays that he makes that are really bad, yeah. and that kind of swings it from like I feel like he's pretty consistently a three, and it's like if he has a couple bad plays, it drops him down a little bit. If he has yeah. a couple good plays, it bumps him up. Um, that turnover was bad like towards the end on that fast break where it was clearly he was kind of being like kind of nonchalant, but he also was pretty instrumental in kind of stopping a, a lull in the first half. He had a couple shots. Also, he was pretty solid on defense uh, today. So. Yeah. Like, like I said, middle of the pack, he had one bad turnover, but I, I will say it's annoying how, you know, like he can take a bad shot and everyone's like, pull him, pull him, pull him. He doesn't even be playing, blah, blah, blah. But like every other player on this team can take a bad shot and they and they won't say anything. It's just crickets. Yeah. It's just annoying how how different like we we judge Keon Brooks's game. He, he just definitely because, has, has a he has a shorter leash from yeah, the fan base. It seems like an, than he should. And it's just annoying because like I mean the dude didn't have to stay. He could have gone. He could have gone played overseas. He could have gone to Indiana. Uh, okay, there we go. I, no, I wasn't talking about the drafts. So like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he could have gone overseas. He could have gone to Indiana, but he stayed. And so I think we need to appreciate Keon Brooks a little bit more because this is probably the last time we'll see him in Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like, unless something crazy happens, I think I think the fans are just kind of pushing him out. And for no good reason, we're going to miss that consistency from him because you need somebody that's a, a middle of the pack kind of player to win these games in the SEC, in my opinion. I think you're giving the fans way more credit for people staying and leaving than they probably deserve. But <laughs> I do think, I mean, like, I would be – you can't ever really bet on a guy coming back for mm-hmm. his senior year, much less, like, his junior year. Um, yeah. So. Well, we know for sure this next person is not coming back because he doesn't need to. Ty Ty Washington, I give him a four out of five star, or swaggy cows, not stars, four out of five swaggy cows tonight. I think even though his on the box score, it doesn't look great. Uh, yeah, like, doesn't good. look great at all. His impact was felt just by what he did in the second half because the first half, they, they screwed him with those two fouls. Like, there was there was one foul. No, that was, they didn't screw him with those two fouls. John Calipari. <laughs> He did play not him. play men with two fouls, which he actually did today. So he I did a little bit of a pass. They they but, went on a run. They put Ty Ty in immediate steal and immediate free throw attempts, but then he missed both free throws. So, but all things considered, man, yeah, I know he's this just old man never coach. fouls anyone. Just let him play. Yeah, um, yeah, it's true. But it's it's I give him four out of five just because of his effort. He wanted it. He stepped up when he needed to. Um, when 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 Cal was like, "Hey, Wheeler clearly isn't." doesn't have it tonight, Ty Ty, you need to step up. And uh, at one point I saw Cal, like, you know, I saw his mouth say um, ISO, Ty Ty ISO. You know, like when you see that and you have a freshman that you're telling the ISO, you know he's going to be freaking good. Like, you know he's a really good player when the Hall of Fame coach trusts you to ISO and to close out a game. Not even like it was like 
there was a huge lead. It wasn't a huge lead. We were up by three, and he's telling the ISO to close out the shot clock. You know, so even though he missed that shot, I still give Ty uh, Ty a four out of five, just because of the way he closed out this game and got us the dub. Yeah, I'm at I'm at a three out of there are three and a half two. It almost is a little bit of a like double standard because I feel like I, I hold him to a higher standard than I do some other people. Um, so that might be. Be a little bias on my side. Um, he was fine. His he had the second lowest offensive rating of anyone on the team, uh, which kind of surprises me. He also only played 23 minutes, which I mean, a lot of that isn't overly his fault. It's I guess kind of his fault for getting two fouls, but it's not his fault that Cal is a dinosaur on that uh, like that subject. Yeah, but. Uh, Honestly, I'd probably give him a three, but that pull-up jumper that he hit was just the so most beautiful. Smooth. That was like a that was like a ray of sunshine in this otherwise absolutely disgustingly dreary game. Yeah, that was I, like he's done a lot of things clearly that will are NBA worthy. His ability to like navigate pick and roll is like already pro level, but that like is the encompassing like shot or like moment in my mind of like oh this is why Ty Ty Washington will go yeah. win the lottery this year probably. oh yeah oh yeah I, I mean like it's clear that he he can do this from all three he can score from all three levels and like you said his his ability to navigate in the pick and roll is what's going to project him into the NBA and take it by storm and if we're going to be honest with you um I like the comp for him with Tyrese Maxey too, where I just see him like continuing to get reps at the point guard and just like, he's never going to be someone that like completely blows you away with athleticism, but he's just so crafty and so good that as he continues to be able to work on his game and kind of round out the rest of his game, get stronger. Like he's just going to, his trajectory I feel like is very similar to what I see for like what we've seen from Tyrese Maxey over the last few years and what, it was kind of like the expectation. I don't know. Like for me, what I see is just like a, a good blend of like Emmanuel Quickly and Shea Gilders Alexander. And I think that like it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty once he puts it all together like at the pro level. From a from a play like actual play style perspective, I agree. I'm more talking about like oh yeah. Path. Oh yeah, the path for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was about to talk about the play style for sure. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we got Wheeler. I give him two swaggy cows out of five. And that's one for each three that he hit. Uh, he actually finished with the most points on our team, but I felt like he was just if he wasn't if he wasn't turning the ball over, he was turning the ball over. You know, like it just if it wasn't getting out of the trap, like take away half of those turnovers from the trap, like because that's just tough a tough position to be in. And I will say, not many of his teammates were coming to help him out in those situations at all. They were just yeah. standing there and watching him. So, like, I don't put it all on him. So that's why I give him a two out of five. It's just, I mean, there were some turnovers that were just, what were you thinking? Like, what? where were you trying? Like, he was trying to be like Magic Johnson out there, and it was not happening. Like, he was trying to make too fancy of some passes. And so I love Wheeler, but I got to give him a two out of five tonight just because it, it wasn't his game. And and Cal recognized that and pulled him where he couldn't do more damage, and I, so I was glad about that. I'm so you were higher on uh, on Oscar and Tachai. I'm gonna be 
higher on Wheeler. I'm going to give him a three out of five. Turnovers, not great, admittedly. But I feel like I give more benefit of the doubt to people when they're trying to force stuff when yeah. it's not like anything else was working. So yeah. him driving to the basket and trying to make plays happen and shit like that, like it's not like that like the alternative was we're passing up some highly efficient yeah. like yeah, knockdown three-point shot for him doing that. So I don't know. It, I just felt like it just felt like I don't I, I had no problems with him driving, like at all. Like yeah. that's what I wanted more of. I hated that he cool. stood at the top of the key. And then when they were when they start to trap, he would go backwards instead of trying to push through it or go forwards or like just pick up the ball and call timeout. Honestly, in that scenario, no, but, don't do that. I I hate. I would rather turn the ball over than do that. I hate <laughs> just wasting timeouts. Like, uh, I would rather just is like, it a total waste though? Because like team. at that, because if half of those he called a timeout, they wouldn't have scored. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like when in a set defense, they wouldn't have scored. Yeah, and then they're know. shooting technical fouls for the. For the remainder of the right half because we called all our timeouts. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. No, moving I, on. I, I, all right, go ahead. I, I like that he is always in attack mode. And yeah. I think I'm more lenient on I'm willing to take the bad with the good because our offense is set up to reward like getting dribble penetration. So I'm gonna give him three. Um here's the thing about Wheeler is that we all knew. There would be games like this. We all knew it. We saw it from Georgia. Like we knew the turn that he would have games where there's just more turnovers than than assists, and and that happens. And that's we knew what we were getting with Wheeler, and that and like we have to be okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like I don't blame him for the turnover side, partially because Texas A and M just did a good job on defense. They executed their defense well, and we just got to hand them, you know, hand them that. So, yep. um, so it's not like I'm totally out on Wheeler. Just had a bad game, and bad games happen. So I mean, um, he had a bad game, but he also hit half of our threes and yeah. was our leading scorer. So, <laughs> which is insane. Game, scored a two out of five, in my opinion, which is why I gave him a three. But yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But Grady, I'm gonna give him a two out of five just because of two plays. One, his only three-pointer that he made felt like it was worth five points. That's how like much of a yeah, relief it was. And then also he missed the three-pointer, went and chased down the rebound, and then scored two like on a layup from it. That was ooh, that was the that was his little saucy, like behind the back yeah. like, dribble guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like so so that was so those two plays give him immediately two swaggy cows, but outside of that, he did he just had a rough night as well, and we we talked about that. It was it was not good. I have him yeah. too as well. Like, brother, I love you, but it was just wasn't his night. Same with Wheeler. Neither yep. of them were the nights. But you know what? We got the W, and that's all that matters. So at, at one point in the broadcast, towards the end of the game, the the commentator was like, "Like this is this could be like Grady's worst performance he's had in college." And I was like, all right, there's no way that that's like actually true. Like that's hyperbole. But then I looked, there have there has never been a game where Grady has hit zero or one threes where he has had more attempts than nine tonight. Like so, like when that guy said, like I'm sure he didn't know this. Like yeah, he didn't have the stats to prove it. He literally is probably Grady's worst performance, like worst shooting performance of his career. So what was what was what did he finish against Notre Dame? Because that was a pretty bad game. Him. He just didn't take as many. Uh, I don't think he had as many attempts in that game. Let me. Let me oh, okay, that's fair enough. No, no, you're good. Uh, that makes sense. He just didn't shoot a lot, 
which was annoying. Marin, he was know. he was two for seven and one for one from two point. So like not a good shooting performance, but two for seven is better than tonight. Very yeah. much one better than one for nine. So yeah, yeah. It was just a rough game, rough game all around. Collins yeah. Collins logged three minutes, I think is what what he logged. And that's yes. one minute for each swaggy Cali earn because he made the most of all three of those minutes in a game where it was way too physical for him, but he didn't look like he was playing like get, like getting just outmanned out there. You know what I mean? Like he played pretty well in those three minutes. I hate that they pulled him so quick, but I think Cal thought is like, oh, we don't have the shooting to sustain this. We need to have our best guys out there. Collins and Hopkins can't be out there right now, and that's okay. That's fine. Collins definitely made the most of his three minutes. He got, he had a block. It they called it a foul, but uh, it was it was clearly a block. And he, you know, like he had that alley oop there. So it was. It's, I like I liked too. what I saw out of Collins. What was that? A steal too. Yeah, uh, I gave him a four. It's more just like a product of the expectations I had Potential. for him. I mean, yeah, he didn't do a ton. So like his four and like Jacob Toppin's four are very different. Like yeah. four four grades but i was i mean if you had told me that we were going to get anything from him that like positive i would have been shocked in a game like this with i know this god if they had so for him to be able to come in even it was just three minutes but to give i mean even that like that three minutes is is huge for him to come in and essentially not do much at all on the negative side um and he got a steal had a had a thing plus he is just so freakishly long yeah that, I love he that. makes alley oops look so easy. It's <laughs> it's not really even cool. fair. They honestly probably should have had an, a, at least one, if not two, other alley oops where yeah. we kind of fumbled the bag on the on the lob. Too. Yeah. So oh yeah. This, I, this team is still figuring out when to lob it, when to shoot it, <laughs> and it seems like they have it opposite every time. Uh, but it's all good. Yep. So Toppin, I gave him a four out of five. I think what we got out of him was perfect. He. He on the in the second half, I mean, they were putting him on Marcus Williams and he was stopping him. Uh, something that we didn't see in the first half. So on defensively, like Toppin was doing everything we needed him to do, and it was perfect. Um, the only reason I give him a four out of five and not a five out of five is just because offensively he doesn't bring a lot to the table, so it's gonna be hard for him to bring a five out of five. Um, like we said against LSU, he went nuclear um in that first half, but that was the best he's ever played offense ever in college it seems like and i don't know if we're ever going to see that again so i i think four out of five is great uh, we'll see that again That's you think we will yes in college he had he had 14 points like that was good but that's i just feel like in the amount of minutes that he gets we're not going to see it this season he's not going to get that many minutes again that was a lot of minutes in that game we'll see okay 27 he played 23 tonight yeah. He also had a, the highest, like by far the highest offensive rating on the team. Yeah, that's um, true. I kind of spoiled it earlier, but I gave him four soggy cows. Um, yeah. He did everything we asked him to do. Uh, no complaints here. No complaints dude, at all. He's but, seventh in. But I'll, I'll just go ahead and say we, we said up front, nobody, on, not even Cal, like nobody on this team earned a five out of five soggy cows tonight. Um, yeah, this game was. It was just too ugly. I and mean, when you finished with what, 62 yeah. points? 64. 64. You know, like you're just you're not gonna get five out of five swaggy cows. It's not happening. So Hopkins, not great, Bob. Three, like he didn't really do anything overly bad, but he didn't 
do anything good. I mean, he had, he had a one, point, he had one, a free throw. one or two at the line at the at the charity stripe. He got an uh, offensive. He got an offensive board in there. Yeah, like, like so, like, not good. Good, not great. You know, like it's just, eh, just, eh. We'll give we'll give him a three and yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Just um, because, like, you're not going to do a whole lot in three minutes. Same with Collins. Oh, he Collins had one minute. Oh, he had one minute. Okay, yeah. even worse. So, yeah, like you can't. It's hard to earn a grade. It's almost like a DNP at that point. Yeah. Uh, so In- incomplete with a with a three on the on the side for yeah. For me. Yeah. Where? What? Um. I mean, how many minutes of where log was it? Like three. He had five. And two two points and a block. That block was big. I say three out of five. Three out of five for where. I love his hustle, his energy. I wish he would have got a little bit more minutes tonight just because they were just abusing the heck out of Oscar. And at some point, it was just clear that we weren't going to Oscar for his offense and love Oscar, but it's not like we totally keep him out there for his defense either, you know? So it's like if we could get Ware out there to get, you know, pick up a couple hard fouls and uh, do the dirty work so Oscar could get some rest. I'd love to see that a little bit more, but uh, I'm a Lance Ware fan, and you will never hear me talk bad about him. So three out of five swaggy cows. And uh, Mintz, I mean, he was probably a, you know like in like we said earlier, and he was probably a top three player for us tonight. So it's like it's hard I, to get I him. He's our third best player. What was that? I'd say he was our third best player. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to say that he doesn't deserve a four out of five. Off, defensively, he's getting cooked. We talked about. His the way he positions his hips couldn't say yeah, from anyone on defensive end, but he made up for it. There was a couple of times where Texas A&M was getting out and looking to extend a lead or you know push things. The roof was about to come down. And he just silenced them with a and one, even though he didn't make the and one free throw. He still like made a t- got you know got made a tough shot with a foul. So it was tough. Um, he just played tough, and that's what that's what we all we need out of men. So I say four out of five, just because. He brought that veteran experience that no one else could bring. He made a couple of uh, clutch free throws at the end to uh, to close things out for us. So, yeah, he he, he closed it out. Um, he also had eight rebounds, which like has yeah, to be that was the other thing that was like, we were really surprised about a career high for him. Um, he had ten points, kind of like you said with uh, Kellen with. Like not a great shooting night for Mince, not a great shooting night for Kellen. Mince was one for five, one for two from two point um range. But the three he did hit felt like that it was worth more. Like it was one of those yeah. where it, it like that was such of all the ones for him to hit in the game, that mm-hmm. one was a pretty pretty important one. So I gave him a three out of five. I uh, would have loved for him to be able to do literally anything on defense today, which yeah, he didn't really do, but um, I mean, he's the second leading scorer, had eight boards, like 10 and eight from Davion Mintz. If you get that, like, that's a pretty good day in the office. That's, for him that's a recipe for success, for sure. Exactly. Um, one thing that's really annoying is that, and nothing that he does, he pump fakes and then he gets the defender to leave their feet, like when he pumps, you know, like a little pump and jump for them. And like they would literally just grab him as he's just blowing by them, and they never called the foul on that once. It was so annoying. Like the it's the inconsistency, man. I just can't yeah, stand the ref it. Quarter. So. What what do we give the refs on a scale of zero to five swaggy cows? 
two out of five swaggy cows. I think you, they made a couple. You got of, them a two. I had them a, at point five. The first, the first half they did actually, they did make some good calls. The second half they really showed their butt. But uh, I, I said, I, I said point five swaggy point five. cows. They were awful. What? How about one and a half? Let's me. Let, let's say one and a half. I, I think. I think I'm first down. half they they did a good job. Like I I really didn't have any complaints about them in the first half. Second half they, they were, were bad, but at least abysmal. they were consistent. They were bad in the first half. Yeah, the first half. In the second, second half, half they were it was just, bad and inconsistent. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But uh, yeah, no, it was just bad all around. All around, so just bad. So all right, next segment we're gonna pour one out for Texas A and M. This is just kind of like a tip of the hat to them. Anything that we can say to. Uh, to give them, you know, like we just show a little bit of respect to them as an opponent. And poor went out for just their defense tonight. I just thought like they executed it perfectly. Um, even like, especially the first half, like when they were doing whatever they wanted to severe Wheeler, like he couldn't, he couldn't even breathe without them having two people right down, like right in front of him. And that was before they were like pushing him to get the ball too. So like, you know, they got away with a lot on, on the defensive end, and it's at home, so it's going to be hard to, like, just I mean, call and consistently. It, call it's them. hard to really blame them for, like, getting away with stuff because if the refs aren't going to call it, like, yeah, go for it. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same thing with LSU at home. You know, like, so poor one out for their defense because it was a hard-fought game, and they did hold a team that had previously – Kentucky scored the most points in an SEC matchup ever on Saturday – 107 points they held kentucky to 64 that's hard to do yeah um you know typically if, if you're holding kentucky to 64 you're you're coming out with a w uh just sucks that they just happened for them it just sucks that they just happened to shoot like one for 22 from three so yeah, I mean, that's uh, only the that's only the third time we've been held under 70 all year the other one was lsu and then the other one besides LSU that was and Notre Dame. Dame. yeah so they had the recipe to win, to beat us, and uh, yeah, they just happened to miss a couple shots. I mean, one shot bounces their way, and they 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 win that game. Probably, yeah. If so. they don't go, if they don't go one for twenty two from three. This is a very different game. Yeah, and you can say something about us. Um, and mine is can sometimes be a backhand compliment. I do not mean it that way, but like, dude, they battled. Like, they were ready for the fight. They brought the physicality. You could tell they had a game plan, and this kind of like goes back to me kind of liking Buzz Williams. But like, it was clear they had a game plan and executed it extremely well. If yeah. they had just hit a couple shots, this would be like we'd be talking about a loss instead of a win. Um, so, also tip of the hat for them for going one for twenty-two. That was yeah, sweet. yeah I shout out to you guys. Yeah, shout way to miss way to miss open shots because it wasn't like all those were contested either. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so next segment. Ocean's 11th man. This is where we decide to steal one player from the opposing team to add to our roster who we think is going to make us a contender, even though we are already a contender in my eyes, but you know what I mean? If we were, if we were going just to, to make yeah. us better. Yeah. Just to make us better. So who are you thinking right now? Pitch me your uh, 11th man here. All right. I'm interested to hear your yours. Cause I'm afraid that you're going to pick someone and I'm going to make fun of you. Um, so I came into this game. I, this is, this is something that I really like just as like a concept of looking at like, even if it's not even potential 
because it, we're not obviously we can't steal one of their players, but it's just like a, a thought exercise that I it's like. Fun. To do. I mean, we um, did that with uh with with Texas Tech with Steven and the yep. Talking Tech Pod. Yeah, so it's a fun exactly. it's a fun concept. Uh, it's a fun concept. The guy that I had pegged as like the one that I would have picked before tonight was Andre Gordon. They're like six two junior. He's one of the better shooters on their team, but your boy played thirteen minutes and was. 0 for 3 from the field and had a 9 offensive rating, which means while he was on the field or on the court for those 13 minutes, they scored 9 points per 100 possessions, which is checks notes awful. Gross. The average is 100 for those that aren't like super up to date on it, like advanced metrics. So, ye- I can't in good conscience pick the guy that had a 9 yeah. offensive rating. So, my uh, actual answer, and I think it honestly probably fits a little bit better because as much as we can always use another shooter, this guy brings like height and length and defense, which I think is something that we would very much benefit from. And it's Quentin yeah. Jackson. Um, he only had six points, was three for four, was 0 for five shooting from three, but it's clear that he was confident. Um, let me check what he shoots like on the season too because I feel like it's pretty good. Um yeah, he's shooting 36% on 58 attempts uh, and also is shooting 86% from the free throw line. So, clear he's a good shooter. He's a senior. He's a guy that I would add uh, to kind of add some some length and size to that backcourt defense and kind of give us another stopper uh, for opposing guards slash wings. Yeah. Um, I was kind of torn between two guys, um, but I actually am going to go with a, you know, out of left field, a third guy. So I was, I was torn between Henry Coleman or Marcus Williams. Obviously those are two SEC starters. So it's like, it's kind of a cheap shot. Just take, you know, one of those guys as you know, like whatever. But I mean, Henry Coleman would be, I think would be great next to Oscar Sheway and like nobody would be able to stop. Like if we were going to commit to three guards being out there. (laughs) You can't take the Duke kid. I'm not though. He also. I'm was not so though. Funny. There were there were there were two times in this game where I was like, we are, like Kentucky fans obviously follow recruiting, so we knew that he transferred from Duke. Yeah. But I was like, holy shit! Like that is a Duke kid, and even if you did not know that he transferred from Duke, like you would see that guy play and be like, oh, that guy, that guy plays like a Duke. He, kid. he seems like he would be a Duke. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> no, oh, no, man, no. You are not picking Henry player. Coleman. And I'm not picking Marcus Williams, even though I did, even though his box score didn't show it, it felt like he had a really high impact on this game. Like he just felt like he was everywhere. He had these amazing looking passes. He, they might not have actually turned into points, but like he just had good passing all around. But I'm going to go with Aaron Cash. Ooh. I'm going to go with Aaron Cash because he's a guard, but he could play the wing if we needed to. I mean, he only yeah, had six, eight six, points. 200. Yeah, he only had eight points, but he finished with eleven rebounds. So like, it's not like he's scoring like tremendously, oh, but eleven boards. He finished with eleven boards, right. and so like, like that's something that we kind of need out of that wing position that we don't totally get out of Kellen Grady. And I loved Kellen Grady, but like, let's say Kellen Grady has another night like tonight. We throw in Aaron Cash in there at the three and keep Xavier Wheeler and you know like Davion Mintz or Ty Ty Davion and Aaron Cash. You're like it's just a wave of length and a wave of shooting and a wave of just good guards coming in, and that's how you win the tournament, you know. So 
I think Aaron Cash, you add him to this Kentucky team and uh, instant, 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 like championship contender, like by far. So, okay, last call. Um, just like our normal last call in beers and buckets, I, I don't really have anything. I think I feel like I expressed everything I needed to get off my chest with this team. I think it was an ugly win, but this is what we needed to see from Kentucky. We needed to see them win a close game because every game that we've won before this has been by double digits. We needed to see them be able to close it out when things got tight. Uh, so happy to see that, even though it was ugly and I didn't want to watch it. Um, <laughs> that was that was a brutal watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think mine's kind of the same. Just like uh, Brandon Ramsey, who does stuff for KSR, uh, he tweeted out, I think this was like with six minutes left, maybe something like that. But um, his tweet, he's a, a great follow if you're if you're looking for some like really solid basketball analysis. He'll do some game threads. Uh, there are occasionally times where he'll do kind of like Van Hiles does for football, where he'll go back and post like clips in a thread and kind of yeah. break down what was happening. He does that sometimes too. Um, overall, good. His handle is at b ramsey r a m s e y k s r. Is a He's yeah, he's he's softball, but he tweeted out, like I said, with about like six minutes left, I think. No, oh, it's in the tweet. Seven, so yeah. the last seven minutes. There will be plenty to critique about this game. It has been ugly. It probably will continue to be ugly. However, literally the only thing that matters is winning. Kentucky needs to win the final seven minutes and eight seconds by two points. I am very confident that can happen. Forget anything else. And that honestly is the the tweet that kind of like defined this game for me. It's like, yeah, you can, we can complain about all kinds of stuff. There were definitely more negatives than positives in this game, like taken individually, but getting a close win on the road, which are two things that this team hadn't proven they could do, even though it was pretty clear to me, at least that they would be able to. Um, but like, it's way better to learn from a win than a loss. As ugly as this game was to watch, it's great to be coming out of it um, at 5-1 and one in the SEC. And now you get to move on and hopefully upset the, the last unbeaten team in the SEC. This so Texas A&M and Auburn were the two only two teams that, had, that hadn't lost in conference. We we gave Texas and M their first loss. Hopefully, we can give Auburn their their first loss uh, this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. So um, we're gonna wrap things up. All things considered, I thought it was a gross but fun win, and uh, you gotta love getting a W. So hey, go Cats, and, right? And we we all will always have the Tai Tai Washington pull up from this, which was just yeah, absolutely beautiful. There, there was plenty to take away that are positive here. And the biggest thing is that we came out with the W. So yes, that dub in the wind column. Yeah. So check us out. Um, we have a new episode recording Sunday night. Uh, not gonna, not sure if we have a guest lined up for it, but we will have a new regular episode of beers and buckets on uh, Sunday night recording. So Monday morning, it will be available for you to listen. So listen in red Raiders. We hope you guys uh, enjoy this uh, this time as you are entering the beers and buckets fandom, because I mean, God, dude, they, they've gotten our follower counts. Uh -oh. Um, uh oh, uh oh, Kentucky's up to three in Ken Palm. Let's go. Let's go. Our follower count on uh, our followers is now up to 476. Just last week, we reached 300. And 
in the span of like a day, maybe two days, we've we've gotten a hundred and something follows from Red Raider. So um shout out to Red Raider Nation. Wreck them, man. That's that's what we want to see is with what we want to like, grow. I feel like they probably took some probably took some solace in us beating Texas AM. I'm sure they're not the biggest fans. Yeah, oh yeah. I definitely used our our influence on Red Raider Nation to have them send some positive vibes our way. And uh, yeah, they were all they were all for it. They were like, I, somebody actually like a Red Raider fan quote tweeted the tweet and said, "Go Big Blue." And I think it was Swaggy Cal, like in the Vincent Man walking <laughs> yeah. out. So there we uh, go. Yeah, so it was it was a great time. So all right, Dal, I'm gonna let you go, man. But we uh, thank you for coming on. This is a great first episode of Bourbon and Bucket Na- or not Bourbon and Buckets, Bourbon Basketball Nation. And uh, talk to you on uh, Sunday night, man. Peace, brother.